0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official
1: policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Dynamic Pet Pet Duo.
0: Greeting, pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, the weather is changing. It's sweater weather, and I love these cool, crisp mornings and evenings, especially since I suffered through so many hundred-degree days on the west coast of Florida. Moreover, the change of the season brings excitement and the upcoming holidays for our two-legged and our four-legged family members. Well, just like any other season, there are autumn dangers for dogs that fur parents have to look out for not only does the cold crisp weather can bring coals to our pets yes dogs and cats can catch coals too but there are also many things associated with the fall season that can be potentially harmful for our four legged family members. And joining us today is veterinarian, Dr. Tina Wismer, the director of the ASPCA Poison Control Center. She is an adjunct professor at the University of Illinois at Urbana. She is the first advisory board member to this show, to the Pet Buzz. Dr. Tina, welcome back. Thank you. Now, let's talk about the fall weather. You're in Illinois. I'm sure the leaves are turning and they look beautiful, right? In the cold weather, the chill is coming, right?
2: Yes, right. The fog in the morning. Ugh, it's wonderful. Best time oh, of the year.
0: I'm so jealous. You know, this is the time that I really miss the North. Many of us, including me when I lived in New York, have those great childhood memories of playing in the leaves. I used to do it with my mom and my dogs. She used to cover us all up. So why do we need to be weary of walking and playing in fall leaves with our dogs? So
2: first, potentially the leaves themselves could be poisonous, right? Certain types of trees can be problematic for dogs. But probably the biggest risk are things like acorns, right? That fall from the trees. We rake them up into the leaf piles and they are poisonous, but they can also potentially cause an obstruction, um, especially for dogs if they swallow them. And then if you have any lovely fruit trees in your yard, right? Apples or things like that. When they fall on the ground, they get moldy. And what happens is they can grow Molds that can actually cause muscle tremors, um, potentially if ingested.
0: As the leaves get wet, as it rains, they also get moldy, right? And stinky and things grow on them. Yes, and
2: that certainly can be an issue. uh, Sometimes just touching them, right? You can get a reaction to that or inhaling the mold spores or eating the leaves.
0: Got to be careful out there, all you people that I'm jealous of who are experiencing that cool, chilly weather of the fall. According to foodies, fall mushrooms are great to eat. Let's talk about these mushrooms that are out there, maybe in my yard. They're not great eaten for dogs or cats, right?
2: Right. So the mushrooms um, in your yard could be potentially non-toxic, right? They could be edible. Um, But probably most of them are going to cause stomach upset, right? Especially since dogs and cats aren't cooking them before they eat them. But there are mushrooms out there that can cause things like liver failure. Um, And in my world, right, to me, one little brown mushroom looks like the little other brown mushroom. So (laughs) I have a hard time identifying them. So I leave them alone and I send out my husband every morning to pick them
0: out of the yard so my dogs don't eat them. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Tina Wismer of the ASPCA Poison Control Center. I love having Dr. Tina here uh, for so many reasons. Um, she's become a great friend and she just offers such great advice. Now let's talk garden centers and they're full of autumn shrubs and plantings. Why should we check with the ASPCA plant list before we buy some of those beautiful plants? I think you should put the app on your phone, right?
2: Yes. So it's always better to know before you buy. Your older dog may not bother any of your plantings, but you get that new puppy, it's out there chewing on that bush. And that is not the time to think, hmm, wonder what that is, right? Prevention. It's all about knowing what you're putting in your yard first.
0: And that even pertains to flowers in your home, especially if you have a cat, Okay, there's lots of critters out there. It's getting cold. They're trying to look for warm places to hang out. So a lot of homeowners are actually buying rat and mouse poison this time of the year. And the use of rat and mouse poison increases in the fall as rodents seek shelter from the cooler temperatures by attempting to move indoors or into your home. So what do we need to know about rodenticides?
2: So most rodenticides are going to be grain based, right? To attract the rodents. Unfortunately, it also attracts dogs and sometimes cats. So most of these are going to be very dangerous for our pets. So we need to keep them away, use those protective boxes, but realize those little plastic boxes, they're dog resistant, not dog proof, right? A dog can certainly chew through those or rats and mice can move uh, bait to other places and your pets can get into it. So our typical recommendation, your best
0: rodenticide is a cat. lot to think about, right? Why do we need to be as pet parents, especially careful with curious pets?
2: So this time of year where it's getting colder, um, snakes are starting to hibernate, but they will come out and sun themselves on sunny days. And depending upon where you live, these snakes could be venomous, right? And we don't want your dogs or cats to get bitten by them.
0: Wouldn't you agree it's a good idea to know the wildlife located in your area, correct?
2: Right. You know, do you have venomous snakes? Um, Do you have things like skunks, right? We want to avoid those too. Um, So certainly knowing what's uh, common in your area is important
0: you know what my favorite time of the year is approaching in the next two weeks it's halloween what (laughs) else should we be concerned about when it comes to the fall weather
2: so certainly with halloween we have decorations we have costumes and those can be you know potentially problematic for your pets right make sure your decorations are pet safe don't use any open flames and certainly if you're gonna dress your pet up, make sure they're able to see. And some pets don't like it, right? It kind of freaks them out. So maybe just stick with maybe a little decorated collar.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, the other thing is, and I've noticed, and it's a big thing for me, um, it's staying darker longer at night. And I'm always really careful. I I, I mean, I'm totally anal crazy person. And uh, so I know when people, and I'm probably one of the only people who walk their dog consistently in my neighborhood. I pretty much know when people go to work. Um, My earliest neighbor leaves at 4.30 and I don't go out that early. And one of the reasons I don't anymore is because there's a loose dog on the run. People let their dogs out, which I think is just dreadful. But I'm always careful, um, not only because of the loose dogs, but because of the cars. So I think you have to wear something bright When you go out, I have a little um, vest that I put on over my morning sweatshirt or my T-shirt so that someone can see me if I'm out. Because now it's not really getting light for us until seven o'clock in the morning, a little after seven. Uh, And then I've been going out. But, you know, earlier I let the dogs go out there. But I think that's really important. And also a lot of times when it's dark, you can't see stuff. Dog can, but maybe you can't. So uh, I think that's um, also, we need to add that to the list. Well, Dr. Tina, thanks so much for joining me today. I, uh, I'm i sorry, um, Dr. Fleck couldn't be with us, um, but can you give us a website where we can learn more about fall dangers and the number for the ASPCA poison control hotline? Um, should we believe our pets have ingested or come in contact with harmful items or um, products.
2: Website is ASPCA.org. And the phone number is 888-426-4435.
0: Great. Well, just to remind you that was Dr. Tina Wismer of the ASPCA Poison Control Center discussing fall dangers. Make sure you keep the Poison Control Center phone number of 888-426-4435. Accessible, maybe put it on your cell phone or put it also on a magnet on the refrigerator. That way, you know where it is at all times. Remember that the fee for their help is $95. But what's great about that, that includes follow-ups from not necessarily you, but also from your vet. So keep that in mind, Uh, that $95 fee does go a long way. Up next, fall mushrooms what we need to do to protect our dogs and cats. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at petbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy friends Freebies. Visit us at thepetbuzz.com.
3: A Rottweiler named Whiskey, with hours to live, brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein.
4: I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet, similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild.
3: Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature. Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourish skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to DrMartyPets.com love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511.
4: I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a
3: 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient, meat meal, can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps.
4: I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat,
3: omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit.
5: Bailey is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now
3: nature's blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives additives filler or meat meal he's
5: got more energy able to run around and play when our grandson comes
3: for a limited time save 54 off nature's blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats go to drmartypetscom love or text love to 511 511
5: i can't thank you enough he's 12 and i'm enjoying every day
0: with him
3: message and data rates may apply you may receive up to one additional text text stop to opt out
0: Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Flackman. Well, fall is mushroom season. And while 99% of the fungi are non-toxic, there are a few that are dangerous, especially life-threatening for dogs. Dr. Matt Smith, University of Florida Pathology resident mushroom specialist, is joining us. So he's been here before, so we love him and we had to have him come back. Dr. Smith seeks to address fungal biology topics in Florida and serves as an agent to enhance expertise on fungi at the state level. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz, Dr. Smith. Glad that you're joining us. Thank you very much, Charlotte. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Smith, mushrooms seem to spring up so quickly, in some cases overnight. I mean, one minute, there's nothing there, and the next day, it's like a full-blown mushroom. Can you review under what conditions they grow, and can you tell us what's the best way to remove them from the property to prevent canine as well as feline ingestion? Sure. So, um,
6: mushrooms require free water to be able to produce their fruiting bodies, and so they're going to happen mostly within two to three weeks after- Uh, a wet conditions. When it's been raining, that's when you're going to see the most. And, you know, they can be challenging because they do kind of spring up out of nowhere. They're waiting. They're small and then they get water and then they they produce these large structures. Um, The best way, unfortunately, is just to you have to be diligent with your animals and you kind of have to pay attention to where they're spending time in the yard. And you, and if you have a grazer and most people know if they have a grazer, you're going to have to just remove them by hand and they can be put in the compost or, you know, chucked into a place where the
0: animals can't get to them. But that's really the only good solution, unfortunately. So should you use like gloves to remove these mushrooms?
6: That is a good question. So even the most deadly poisonous mushrooms will not bother you unless you ingest them. You really can handle them safely. I go out and I collect mushrooms, even deadly poisonous mushrooms. And that's not a problem. The problem really becomes if you ingest them, then you're in trouble. So as long as you are, you know, washing
0: your hands and everything, it's totally fine to handle them. So Doc Matt, what are the signs of mushroom poisoning in pets?
6: Well, that is a good question. So it depends a bit on you know, the mushrooms that are being consumed by the animal. But I would say in general, a lot of animals are going to show gastrointestinal symptoms is the most prevalent. So if your pet starts to have unexplained gastrointestinal issues, mushrooms will be one of the things that they might consider. And it's challenging from the perspective of veterinarians and other diagnosticians, because a lot of the symptoms that they would show from other kinds of poisonings, like eating toxic plants are gonna be the same as they're going to have from mushrooms. So a lot of the evidence is circumstantial. Um, So things like they may move erratically, they have diarrhea, they have vomiting, other things that could be caused by multiple different kinds of intoxication. So what do you do? Do you have to test? Uh, A lot of it is just narrowing down what has happened. Um, A lot of times they will induce vomiting and then look for mushrooms to see if there are mushrooms. It may be sort of, if you had seen the animal consuming or seemingly consume a mushroom or be in an area where there were a lot of mushrooms and you know, you have kind of a grazer, they will narrow down that it could be fungi that have caused this problem. But part of the, part of the difficult situation is it's not always possible to, to tell, um, if it's a mushroom, unless you can find it in the digestive tract. And what they will do is they'll do tests to look for damage, especially in liver and kidney function. Um, That's really the first place they look for very serious intoxication.
0: So one of the things here in Bradenton, Florida, and many of my friends um, around the United States like to take their pets and walk on local trails. So if we think our pets have ingested mushrooms, how best should we handle the situation? Well, I the main
6: thing is I like to try to get um, high quality photos and, and or specimens if I'm going to be able to help you figure out what mushroom you might have. And so really, um, if you're going to try, to try to help me identify a mushroom, the best thing is take as many photos as you can. I mean, it's a wonderful thing that we have these computers in our pockets and almost everyone has a really good camera that they're walking around with all the time. So you can take pictures and that can really help. Us to figure out which group of fungi uh, that the mushroom might belong to that really can narrow it down and help us um, get an idea of whether there's some chance of toxicity or not so
0: if i'm on the trail should i like try to collect the mushroom as well
6: yeah if you see your dog trying to eat a mushroom i mean obviously the main thing is trying to maintain some
0: control over the animal even if they're All out right. on the trail These are kind of some of the things that you need to learn about uh, in your local locale or even learn what mushrooms um, are growing uh, in the area of the country that you're at. Wouldn't you say is that is that something people might want to learn about?
6: Yeah, for example, in Florida, we have one lawn mushroom that is not deadly poisonous, but it is toxic and causes gastrointestinal um, issues. And it's pretty common and it's very large and it's very distinctive. It's called the green spore parasol mushroom. And that's one you can learn, Um, definitely. It's a very distinctive mushroom. And so many places in the country, there are some distinctive mushrooms that you can learn and learn whether they're likely to be
0: toxic for your pet or not. So give us a few of names or what are the most common mushrooms that could harm pets?
6: Well, I would say there, there are two genera that we are the most concerned about. So there's the genus Amanita, which includes some deadly toxic mushrooms, and we have some species here, especially in the southeast, that are I wouldn't say they're you know on every lawn, but they they are relatively common, and those are um, potentially deadly to dogs. Not all species in the genus Amanita are are deadly, but there are some deadly species. Um, and then the other one is the genus Inocybe, And Inocybe are these very small, teeny brown mushrooms. They're hard to identify. And not all species are toxic there either. But the main issue with Inocybe is there are some toxic species. And a lot of the ones that are toxic have a, a fishy odor. And some dogs seem to like that. And so that's problematic because you have these stinky mushrooms that are hard to identify. And some of them are really deadly poisonous. So so I would say that's one that's very challenging for me to deal with.
0: Well, Dr. Smith, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you share a website with us so we can learn more about mushrooms (laughs) poisoning in our pets? I hate to say that, but it's true. You've just got to know what's in your area or what can be potentially harmful to your pet.
6: So, I work with the University of Florida Extension Service to try to help um, vets and pet owners. And so, you can find me at the University of Florida Department of Plant Pathology. I have a website there, and that also includes um, several guides to some of the common mushrooms here in Florida, as well as a guide that can help you as to sort of how to preserve specimens if they need to be sent and how to take good photos so I can help you identify the mushrooms that you send. Uh, photos of to me or specimens of.
0: Is there anything like plant ID for mushrooms?
6: There is, but the problem is um, it it just doesn't work very well because a lot of the mushrooms, to tell them apart, you really need microscopic features. Uh, Ah. And you need some expertise to know what you're looking for. And so far, anyways, the artificial intelligence algorithms have not really figured out how to do a good job yet on mushrooms. And so I I think we're going to be stuck with uh, with needing someone who has a microscope to really differentiate some of them.
0: Dr. Smith, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. I mean, it's always a pleasure to have you. I think I'm going to have you come back in the spring. Well, just to remind you, that was Dr. Matt Smith, the University of Florida plant pathology resident mushroom expert discussing canine mushroom toxicity and how to prevent it. Check out Dr. Smith. Uh, at his lab so that you can learn more about not only the mushrooms here in Florida, but get some tips as to looking for mushrooms in your area.
3: What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pets Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called The Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped
4: countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet, similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild.
3: Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial. Preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to DrMartyPets.com love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511.
4: I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee.
3: Study available upon request. Message and data rates may apply.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. As the leaves change colors and the weather grows cooler, many of us eagerly await the arrival of fall. However, for our furry companions, autumn can bring about a different set of challenges allergies. Fall allergies in dogs can be as troublesome as those experienced by humans. The changing season brings shifting allergies. And if you're a dog owner, it's essential to be aware of the common fall allergens and symptoms. So joining us today is veterinary Dr. Bailey Bream, Assistant Professor of Comparative Dermatology at Michigan State University of College of Veterinary Medicine. She's a board certified veterinary dermatologist. Thank you once again for joining us on The Pet Buzz. Thank you so much, Charlotte, I'm really happy to be here. You know, Dr. Rehm, what are some of the causes of fall allergies for our pets?
5: That's a great question. For for pets that are having a truly seasonal flare of allergies, which is usually gonna be, you know, itchiness is the most common thing that owners might notice, Often it's gonna be a pollen if it's something that's truly just present in the fall but goes away during other seasons. Um, And the biggest culprit for that would be ragweed. Um, But we do have to also think about some other allergies as well. Um, Fleas actually have a little burst of uh, productivity in the fall. Um, And so if there is um, a sudden burst of, of allergies in the fall, fleas also kind of come up there as one of the possible causes. And then um, we can also see dogs that are allergic to dust mites, even though dust is present year round, um, when people are starting to turn on their heating systems for the first time in the fall and, and winter, that can sometimes lead to a little bit of a, an increase in the dust mite exposure as well. Because those
0: dust mites blow out, correct? In the um, HVAC systems.
5: Yes. um, And it can depend a little bit on the type of heat that you have, um, you know, whether or not that's going to be an issue.
0: And what about mold? Is that a
5: problem for dogs? That's an interesting question. Um, We do have dogs that will test positive for mold on um, allergy testing. It's not as clear um, how important mold is um, in dogs as compared to some of these other allergens where we know for sure um, that there is an issue. Well,
0: environmental allergies occur when, the immune system overreacts to foreign substance or
5: allergen. So how does the body take in these allergens? So um, the main way that dogs are exposed to allergens or cats as well um, that are causing these kind of skin itchiness and skin lesions to develop is usually going to be through the skin. Um, and so one thing that I find interesting is a lot of times when we have um dogs that have itchy paws, for example, and we're taking samples um, and looking at them under the microscope. Sometimes I can actually even find molds and pollens on the paws. So you can imagine that a dog that's walking out in the grass, um, you know, any pollen that's sort of, you know, gone off into the world and then gradually fallen down and fallen onto that grass could potentially make its way onto your pet's paws or other um, skin areas that are in contact with the grass um, and then cause a problem that way. It's interesting because I really, you
0: know, when you think about allergies for dogs, you don't realize other than skin contact, there's ingestion as well as mm-hmm. inha- inhaling um, these allergens. Yeah. So I think that's important for pet owners, don't you think, to recognize?
5: Yeah. And it depends a little bit on the the type of allergens. So um, food allergies, certainly, which are not a seasonal problem, um, but definitely by ingestion. And even though it is something that they're eating, we still actually see the signs on the skin. Um, So just because you're seeing skin signs doesn't mean the allergen hasn't entered the body another way. And I guess once they start itching,
0: there's also the possibility of getting a secondary skin infection from all the itching and scratching, especially if a dog has fleas, correct?
5: Yes, absolutely. So um, there's two kind of ways that that can happen. Um, One, as you alluded to, There is some trauma to the skin from the itching, the scratching behaviors, as well as, you know, things like flea bites or other things that are actually affecting the skin directly. Um, But then also allergies cause a lot of inflammation in the skin. And that inflammation can make the skin more vulnerable um, to infection because it actually affects the skin's ability to provide a barrier against bacteria and yeast.
0: Let's talk about diagnosis and treatment options. So if you suspect your dog has fall allergies, what should you do?
5: Well, um, diagnosis is actually usually a combination of the pet's clinical signs. So knowing, you know, is this the first year this has happened or has it happened repeatedly? Um, Where is the seasonality on it? Meaning are there seasons where your dog is completely normal and then seasons where your dog is much more affected? Um, And this applies to cats too, of course. And then um, we also have to think about um, where the pet is affected. So, um, you know, are they having the kind of typical distribution that we would think about, which would be armpits, groin area, paws, and and ears potentially being involved? Um, Or is there, you know, something else going on? Um, So that's usually how it would be diagnosed is mostly a combination of the clinical science and then the history. So that can be done, um, you know, with your primary care veterinarian. But if you're interested In um, pursuing immunotherapy, which would be allergy shots just like people can get to gradually desensitize the immune system to the particular allergens that are causing the problem, then um, that would be where allergy testing might come into play. Um, So that could be a skin test or a blood test to try to find out, okay, which particular allergens is your pet reacting to? And can we formulate what's essentially a vaccine to try to train the immune system not to overreact when it's exposed to those allergens? Um, That being said, there's also many symptomatic treatments that can also be explored with your veterinarian if you don't want to go the whole allergy shot route.
0: What about shampoos and things that you can do in your home?
5: Yeah, that's a great question and very helpful for many pets. So some pets, just the act of bathing can be very helpful because it gets those allergens off of the skin. Um, And so then they're not having to deal with that exposure so it at least kind of alleviates one of the the potential routes of exposure. Um the other thing is that bathing can be very helpful to prevent and treat those infections that you mentioned too. Um so you can get shampoos that have ingredients to fight both bacteria and yeast which can be really helpful for preventing and treating those infections.
0: And then when we talked about, you know, fall allergens and dust mites blowing out of our hvac systems, i guess you get your ducts cleaned and and so and so
5: You can, um, you know, work with filtration in your system, so making sure that you do have a good filter in there and that you're changing it regularly. Um, It can also be helpful potentially to run um, HEPA filters in your home if you know that there is a dust mite problem. Um, And, you know, laundering pet bedding can also help with that.
0: Bathing is kind of, I find more so the age of the pet owner. Sometimes the older folks don't want to bathe their pet. With a dog with skin allergies or skin inflammation, would bathing the pet every week or twice a month
5: be helpful? Yeah. And that is a great consideration because it can be stressful for the pet. It can be stressful for the owner and it can be a lot of work because um, especially with you know very large dogs, it can be hard for owners to get them into the tub and everything. So, even though it's, it's very helpful, of course we don't wanna overwhelm people. Um, usually for most allergic dogs, I do recommend bathing every one to two weeks. And then if there is a flare going on, um, especially if there's infection, we may bump that up even to twice a week, um, depending on the situation.
0: So these are some things to think about as well as maybe you wanna make some budgetary concerns. Well, Dr. Brame, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us a website where we can learn more?
5: Yes, absolutely. So I would say that the Cornell um, veterinary website has a great resource on atopic dermatitis for um, pet owners. Their website is www.vet.cornell, which is C-O-R-N-E-L-L.edu. Um, and if you search atopic dermatitis on there, they have a great resource. Yeah, I'm going to get that
0: um longer web address for you folks out there. And I will make sure we put it this week on our social media channel. So when the um, show airs, you can always go back and look at that article for a resource. Well, everyone, just to remind you, that was Dr. Bailey Brame, a certified veterinary dermatologist who is an assistant professor of comparative Dermatology at Michigan State University College of Veterinary Medicine. We're always excited to have her here. This is her second appearance on the Pet Buzz, and I'm sure there'll be a third and a fourth as we move into 2024. Worried about those pesky mice arriving without an invite to your home for a fall and or winter stay? Well, our next guest is talking about how you need to be careful with rodenticides around pets. I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. country. You know, fall's a great time to review your pet's health and wellness. The change of seasons affects pets just as much as it does with people. I want to share some of your questions for better pet health and wellness during the beautiful autumn season when we have a nice chill in the air and the temperatures are decreasing. Well, our first question comes from Joan from New York, and she writes about seasonal clothing. Joni writes, as temperatures decline, how can we keep our dogs warm in cooler temperatures during the day? But she also wants to know about what we can do at night to keep them warm. Well, you know, Joni, changing and fluctuating temperatures encourage pet owners to dress their dogs in lightweight coats and sweaters. Brightly colored coats and seasonal fall sweaters, as well as fall-themed bandanas give Fido some style, and we all like a little style, while keeping him warm. You know, one of the things I'm going to suggest is before you purchase a coat or a sweater, you measure your pet. So, three measurements are really important. First is the collar measurement, and you want to measure where his natural collar falls. So, think about where his collar is falling on him. So, get that measurement around the neck, at the base of the neck. The other measurement you want to have is the girth. So you're going to measure behind the front paws all the way up and around up until the spine. So that is your girth measurement. And the third measurement that you want to take into consideration is from the base of the neck to the base of the tail. That's a really important measurement because that will help you determine what coat or sweater is going to be best to cover him. Now, some dogs, there are some problems like your French Bulldogs and your English Bulldogs and your Dachshunds, because those are a little longer. So I would suggest after you take those measurements, you look up coats specifically for Frenchies or English Bulldogs or Dachshunds. So That's what you can do in terms of sweaters and coats. Bandanas, you can find very easily on Amazon. They're usually two or $3. That's not gonna cost you a lot of money, like I said. Now, to keep him company in the evening, it's really important that your dog have a nice, cushy, firm bed. Okay. So I meant cushy firm that it's comfortable for him. He can snuggle in it. He can move around a lot of toy dogs like round beds because they like to curl up to preserve their warmth. A lot of dogs like your Labrador retrievers, they like longer rectangular beds so they can spread out deciding what bed is best. Go to a pet store and see what your pet likes shop there and buy a bed or buy a bed online. If you have an older dog, you might want to find an orthopedic bed. One of the things that I like to do with my dogs, and you guys know I have four, is I like to put a cot under the bed. That also gives some firm support for the bed. Now, um, to keep your pet maybe a little warmer you might want to give him some pajamas pajamas are all the rage now find the cotton ones make sure they're a little loose not that he's going to trip or fall but that's also one way to keep him warm one of the things i like to do is i like to put an extra large towel in the dryer for about five to seven minutes so i can get it nice and warm and then i throw it on the dog's bed for an extra kind of cuddly warming sleeping experience so good luck any of you listening let me know send me some pictures of your dogs in their beds or with a little warmed up towel i would love to share them on our social media channels david writes from ohio about parasite protection and he writes specifically are fleas and ticks as active in the cooler weather months, especially in October and November? You know, Dave, that's a great question because October is National Pet Wellness Month. So it's the perfect time to remind dog owners that fleas and ticks can cause serious and even deadly problems for your pet. And it's not only just dogs, it's cats. So many times I hear stories from veterinarians that indoor cats, their pet owners cannot believe that indoor cats can get fleas. And it's important for you guys to know you can bring them in on your clothes and on your shoes and boots. Okay, you have to remember that fleas and ticks suck your pet's blood and they suck your blood, not only infesting your house and causing expensive vet bills as well as extermination fees, but they can also make you very sick. So prevention is key. So, mark your calendar when it's time for their medications once a month. Pick an easy date like the 1st or the 15th or the 10th of the month, something that will register, and put the calendar in the kitchen or put the calendar somewhere near the pet food so that you know. But remember, flea and tick medications should not be stored with any of your medication. So, put it in a separate container and place it in a place in your home where the temperatures aren't going to change that much. I'm going to recommend Activate 2 for dogs and ActiSpot 2 for cats. Activate 2 offers vet quality protection for a lot less. It's waterproof. Now think of the bath. And it really contains the same active ingredients as many of the leading Products in the marketplace. It's available by weight class. So there's small, medium, and large, and extra large. Now, for cats, there's only two weight class sizes. So the most important thing to remember about these products is that they kill fleas and ticks, eggs and larvae, as well as mosquitoes. But here's the thing that you want to look for in any flea and tick product like Activate 2 and spot 2. These products repel, and that's key. So not only do they kill, but they repel the fleas from jumping back on the dog. And a lot of products in the marketplace do not do that. The products are 20 to $30 cheaper than veterinary products. So you're getting that same great product, that same great protection for a lot less. Activate 2 for dogs and Spot 2 for cats is available on Amazon, Walmart.com and Tevra Pets. Beth from Ohio, she said her dog got a little chunky monkey, became a chunky monkey over the summer months, and she wants to know what my suggestion is for canine weight loss. Well, you know, Beth, I think that's a great question because the month of October is pet obesity month, and it's a good time to take a look at your pet whether it's a dog or a cat, and deem if he or she is overweight. I can only say this. Americans, like their pets, are obese. According to the Association for Pet Obesity Prevention, more than 50% of dogs and cats are said to be overweight. Unfortunately, most pet parents do not realize that their furry family members are fat. They just don't realize, or they just don't even wanna deal with that problem, let's be honest. So heavy pets are subject to the same health problems as people, they are subject to diabetes, joint and heart problems, as well as other maladies. So to shed your pooch's pounds, you wanna talk to your veterinarian about a weight loss plan that includes exercise as well as diet. So diet could be maybe a prescription weight loss food, or it can be a lesser calorie food that you find at your local pet store. So these are things, especially when it comes to nutrition, you definitely want to talk to your vet about. And in terms of exercise, you definitely want to discuss exercise with your vet because based on your pet's age and his health condition or his joints or arthritis, that might have a severe impact on what kind of exercise he can do. All I can say is that walking is a great form of exercise. Walking your dog on your city streets is great, but you want to change it up a bit. Take them to the local park. Think about having him go to the dog park as well and getting some play time. You know what? Or once a week treat him to some doggy daycare so he can play and make some other dog friends. But consistency is the key. So many people I find do not walk their dog not only once a day, but can't do it twice a day. And I have to tell you, walking your dog twice a day is great. It's a great way to start out your morning. It'll burn off some energy. It'll keep you focused. And you won't have to think about all the crazy things that are going in the world. Also, it's also great for your health too. walk around your neighborhood, start slow, think about a 10 minute walk, then go up to 15, then go up to 20. If you can get up to a 30 minute walk, that'll be great exercise, not only for you and for Pido. October is a great time, pet health and wellness month to really review your pet's current health condition and make changes with the help of your veterinarian. Did you hear the chimes? It's a wrap. Before we go, we want to preview next week's show. Next week, we're talking about October's Pet Health and Wellness Month, an awareness campaign sponsored by the American Veterinary Medical Association. Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Tina Wismer, Dr. Bailey Brame, and Dr. Matthew Smith. And of course, we must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Brightonton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And- Of course, Dr. Marty's Natural Blend Biological Balanced Nutrition. Now, if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com, and we'll try to cover it on next week's show, but we will actually get in touch with you. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace
1: out and pet love. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.
3: You've never knowingly feed your dog sawdust, but it's one of the most common fillers found in dog food today. Even the ones labeled healthy can contain powdered cellulose, otherwise known as wood pulp. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically
4: appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend.
2: She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication.
3: Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry
2: safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be
5: 14 this summer.
3: For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return
2: of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out.